much love. Piggy Dippin. Piggy Dippin at the Piggy Pond. Nah, you went sausage swimming in the water bowl. You dip them little toes in there, chubba bun. It's episode two, season four of Ravish Love. I do. Hey. That was pretty sexy, huh? Very, very sexy. Um, Thank you. I got a, I got a print of that because I loved it so much. <laughs> the internet will provide. That's really. Oh, pig it. Yep. It. I just really hope that the, the amazing people that made that sound clip got some royalties or something off of this print that I bought because it will be immortalized in my home forevermore. I love it. I love it. But back to Black History Month. It's Black History Month! (laughs) Black History Month! And so this week on the show, we, I mean, to be clear, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. We do listen to, uh, we do listen to, we do read authors of color and stories about characters of color throughout the year uh throughout the season but you know we do like to be intentional in february for black history month so i am really excited to talk about my book this week i i'm excited too you know last week was our season opener season four didn't get off to a strong start for me that book was not great uh this Mm -hmm. one i actually have a full-on paper copy of it i saw it at I think it was chapters and I thought, Oh, this looks cute. And I picked it up and hashtag no regrets. So good. So good. And okay. So I'm going to tell you about it, but first I'm going to tell you about the author because she sounds super, super cool. So her name is Jace Ellis and she actually, um, what I love is that she is a family lawyer. Oh, so she's kind of like writes happily ever afters because she deals with divorce all day, which I kind of love. Um, Fair. And so she started off when she was younger being a mystery writer and then kind of fell into romance and realized that was her calling. And so, as she says, she spends her days divorcing happily married couples. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And her nights writing about people like her black queer fighting for their happily ever afters um she has two turtles which i love oh yeah so she turtles are so big right now too oh, are so. they are they like the succulent are, of the pandemic <laughs> they're fucking back oh. for the vengeance this week turtle everything okay so. well she Jace, i'm here for Jace it is on brand she's on brand yes. with the trends um and so yeah there is Oh, this book is, was called If You Love Something. So, you know, if you love something, let it go kind of thing. Oh, no. Yeah. And um, what I loved, I loved many things. So when this book was published in 2021, uh, it was about 300 pages. But right from the jump, uh, I was like, okay, everything about this author speaks to me. And then there was a trigger warning at the start, which I thought was very thoughtful. And it was, and this is my warning to everyone listening as well. um, It says, if you love something contains references to cancer, refusal of treatment, and the off-page passing of loved ones, including a character in this book. And I thought, that's really kind, you know, just really, really kind. So um, 
great reviews on uh, this book came out in 2021, so it's fresh. Um, and great reviews on Goodreads. One of the things I found really interesting is that one of the critiques, which I actually really agreed with, is the cover. And the cover has no people on it, but it very much has, it's like a cityscape and it's like purple and pinks. And as usual, follow us on Instagram and Twitter to see the book covers. Um, But it just looks like a typical rom-com quote unquote chick flick. And what one of the reviewers said on Goodreads was, you know, I think that might actually turn off or not pique the interest of people of color because it has a look of like a typical white people kind of rom-com story and so she's like you know it's really unfortunate because i think some people might not pick up the book um when in fact they might actually want to because not only is it written by a black queer woman about black queer people um there's also you know heartfelt discussions about family dynamics and they're like out queer men like black men like dark-skinned like wearing locks men um which i love and you would not get that from the cover at all so that critique i agreed with and i thought yeah if you're trying to like reach i genuinely had no idea when i picked it up and i just turned it over and i was like oh this looks really interesting so i'm going to tell you about if you love something but i'm actually going to tell you very i'm going to go do a quicker synopsis than i usually would because i really want people to pick it up i really really enjoyed this book it was super well written um it the characters felt real to me um you know i can't obviously speak to the black experience but um the queer experience of you know being one person being out and the other person not and the complexities around that like all of that i was like yes so gonna tell you another reason why i love this book is so it's about deshaun franklin and malik and deshaun is a hotshot executive chef at one of the hottest spots in DC. He's also openly gay, has been for his entire career, and is a short king. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> she makes mention of the fact that he's only five six, and I was like, perfect. Um, so <laughs> as listeners to the show know, I love a snack size man. So very into it. Um, so he, yeah, is like this hotshot chef, but really doesn't care for the celebrity that comes with it. Um, just very much loves to cook and loves to be a part of a team in the kitchen and loves to go out and like meet the patrons at like 101 and just like, he's really passionate about what he does, but he's constantly being pushed to be in the spotlight, to be on these reality shows, to do more media, um, because he's, you know, really talented, but also like a really good looking queer black man and so there's a lot of interest in like you know elevating his story and he gets a call at the restaurant from his grandma saying you gotta come home Uh, I need to talk to you so he books it to Baltimore so now I'm just picturing him as Idris Elba because um, The Wire yeah anytime you reference Baltimore I'm like okay so everyone here is hot um, because everyone on The Wire is so fine Um, so he goes home (laughs) to his grandmother and she says look my cancer's back and I don't want to do treatment. I've done my time. I just want to live my life. So we need to make arrangements. And she says, okay, I'm leaving the house to you. And you could have it as a little retreat from DC. You know, I guess Baltimore's not far from DC. Um, and I'm leaving my money 
to Malik. Because as you know, my son is a degen and he will piss that money away. And Malik is basically the, you know, the other grandson I never had. And he's like, cool, grandma. But um, Malik and I divorced eight years ago. You know that. She's like, oh, I know. I know about your terrible mistake. I know you guys should be together this whole time. You chose not to. But here's the hitch. You think you're divorced, but it actually didn't go through. So you're still legally married. Is this grandma that has this intel? Grandma has this intel because grandma's address was the address that the... (laughs) So she got the letter. And she's like, right? Fucking grandma knows. She's like, so the reason why I'm telling you this is that my son, your uncle, is going to contest the will. I know he will. And if you're not, like, you are married right now and you need to stay married in order to get everything, if you get divorced, then he might contest it and say, well, why does this divorced guy who's not even part of the family anymore get the money? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, because sometimes when I was reading it, a few times I got confused or like, I was like, am I understanding this properly? Yeah, I'm with okay. you. I am. Perfect. There. So he's like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm not even in contact with Malik anymore. And she's like, oh, I am. I talk to him all the time. <laughs> oh. I have his number. Here's his number. Call him. And he's like, oh, grumble, grumble, grumble. So he sets off to reach Malik, who is... Also works in the restaurant industry, but as an accountant for his family's fledging restaurant that's been around forever, but the neighborhood is being gentrified and they don't have the money to do the upgrades, right? Fucking white people in Lululemon pants ruining everything for black folks. Um, So they're like, okay, this business is not doing well. He works as an accountant for the family business and he keeps trying to tell them like, we got to do something. We're going to go under. So he's like stressed about that. And then he gets served with some paperwork um, and finds out that he's being sued by his former, I guess, like uncle-in-law, I guess. Uh, And he's like, uh, the fuck? Um, And so then before he can do anything about it, Deshaun ends up at his house and is like, hey, so, and he's like, yeah, your uncle served me with, paperwork saying that I coerced your grandmother into giving me her money and that it's elder abuse. And he's trying to come after me for elder abuse, thinking that I like basically put a gun to her head and told her to give me half his money. And Deshaun's like, yeah, feared that would happen. Also, we're still married. Whoopsie <laughs> dipsies. Um, and Malik is like, uh, okay, what the fuck do we do? And so they hatched this plan of let's pretend that we reconciled and until the trial is over and then we can formally divorce. You can get the money. I can get the house. We can do our own thing. And he's like, you want this money. You can use it to fix up the restaurant, you know, get your family back on their feet. Like just do it. And Malik is like, okay, but we have to have some clear rules. Okay. And the rules are, we will be hubbies in the streets roomies in the sheets <laughs> so like <laughs> we'll do all the shit because you know Deshaun is famous right and so he's like you know I'll take the pictures and we'll go to the events and we'll do all the stuff to give off the appearance but like when we're in my house um we're just two roommates we'll do our own thing cook our own meals sleep in our own rooms whatever and he's like okay um <clears throat> 
and thus begins. So like all, uh, you know, enemies to lovers, lovers to enemies and back kind of stories, um, there's tension. Malik is like really trying to hold a boundary, but there's clearly still feelings there. Deshaun very quickly realizes that the feelings are still there. And part of the complexity is that their breakup was pretty amicable in that Deshaun's star was rising and he got this incredible opportunity to work overseas at a fancy restaurant and they realized they were just sort of drifting apart. And so Deshaun was like, and uh, Malik was like, just go, just go and live your dream. And basically I will let you go. And if you come back, it was meant to be. Right. That's expensive. (laughs) Like if they were actually filing for divorce, like they thought. (laughs) So yeah. So Deshaun went off to Europe. His career blossomed. He came back, started a Michelin star restaurant, um, and they very quickly realize that, yeah, the feelings are there and they're fighting it as you do because they're in denial and they want to believe that it's not going to be the way it is. Um, and so they, um, fall in love again or go back into love fall, however you look at it. Um, and they, um, yeah, they fuck eventually at one point, lots of tension, then there's fucking, um, and then they're like, in an, almost like a situation ship where they don't want to say out loud, like, are we back together or not or what? And then a shitty gossip journalist is like, I heard their relationship was fake for the cameras. So then there's all oh this, like, Oh no. And then his agent, um, books him for this big TV pilot, but it shoots the day of the trial. So then he's torn between what to do. And then Malik is like, go my love, go be famous. I'll win this fight. And of course they do. They win the trial. They show that he wasn't, you know, stealing money from the grandma. They decide that we're going to be together. We were always meant to be together and they're going to renew their vows at grandma's house with grandma. Oh my God. Right. And then, grandma passes away um and they end up her wish came true her wish came true and they move they uh treat her house like their little retreat from dc and uh because deshaun is so famous he makes a couple appearances at malik's family restaurant and that alone boosts the clientele and makes it seem like a cool hipster spot and that it's not dated it's it's like retro and so he helps just by being famous and making public appearances he helps malik's family business and then malik is supportive of him and they're just two beautiful black men living their lives and fucking the shit out of each other yay it was a delight an absolute treat i definitely choked up at some of the parts for sure uh there was a couple laughs um In terms of genital descriptions, my critique, and I want to hear your thoughts. I I can't find the term dick hot to me. Like, it's cock. It's cock. Yeah, cock is, it's the C. It's the the sound. I'm taking linguistics right now, Julie. Um, (laughs) And I can tell you that the C sound is satisfying is significantly sexier than a duh sound and also like when i hear dick i think of like oh renee don't be a dick like i would just i mean people do say don't be a cock but like not as much 
<clears throat> I just feel like when I hear dick, I think insult. Um, yes. So I don't, I can't think of dick in a sexual con or like suck my dick. Like, you know what I mean? Like just like not in a hot way, but if someone's like suck my cock. You're like, okay, cool. Um, so that, that part I was like, can we. <laughs> don't mind if I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mind, but. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's well documented. Um, so that I was like, <laughs> I would not have used that word, but maybe, maybe for her it was softer and not as aggressive as saying cock. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, otherwise it was like assholes was just referred to as whole, which I found interesting. Um, in terms of spice, so there's a whole sort of cute little thread about Malik, who's, you know, the accountant, but actually really likes to bake and is really into desserts. And he makes these brownies. And then Deshaun perfects the recipe and sells it at his five-star restaurant. So it's a very sweet little thing. So I'm giving it five out of five spicy brownies. Um, spicy could be, you know, cayenne, or it could be weed brownies. Take it in whatever direction you'd like. Um, and in terms of sex toy that I would associate with this particular gem of a novel, uh, I went with a cock ring because there is a explicit reference to a hand job or I think he's blowing him he's blowing him and he's like does something with his hands and it purposely says like mimicking a cock ring and so I thought oh well that just did my job for me <laughs> but does does but doesn't mimicking a cock ring mimic a hand exactly is it it's just it's, it's, it's inception a <laughs> yeah it's cock ring inception <laughs> there's a top somewhere yeah there is always a top somewhere it's a gay novel Renee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, full circle I'm glad, you, I'm glad you picked up what i was putting down uh fantastic yeah fantastic. so i really really recommend if you love something uh by jace ellis and i will absolutely keep an eye out for future books of hers because like i said Really well written, very believable characters. None of the dialogue was hokey. It was very romantic. It was a happily ever after, but it, there was no corniness. Like at no point was I was like, Ugh, cringe. Like it was just like authentic people and like dark skinned black men, you know, explicit reference to like how he had like waist length locks older as well. Like they were in their forties at this point. And so there's reference to like, you know, cause they hadn't seen each other in 10 years so he's like, oh, you know, like I can see he's got a bit of gray on his temples and like his body's a little bit softer than it used to be. But like viewing it in a really hot way, I was like, yes, Aww. yes. Yeah, I loved it. I really, really loved it. So that was me this week. That was an excellent read for me for Black History Month. What did you read, Renee? Oh, uh, okay. So last season during Black History Month, you read a book by Alyssa Cole. I did. And, yeah, and you loved it. Mm -hmm. And I read a novella by Alyssa Cole this week called Once Ghosted, Twice Shy. And it came up on every list I could find about like, give me give me something good to read. And um, for those of you who, you know, we've talked about Courtney Milan a bunch on the show mm -hmm. and how, you know, she kind of brought down the what is it like the romance american romance guild, guild. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah well um Alyssa cole was the one who leaked the documents on behalf of courtney milan so they're a team i i would like to say um and so Alyssa is known for writing historical science fiction contemporary romance um but she does a lot of things uh where she tries really hard to feature people of color 
and queer and straight relationships in her stories. And mine was definitely that. So mine was also a second chance at love story. <gasps> oh, I love that. I know. It was really nice. Um, in Set in New York City. Um, and it's part of the Reluctant Royals series, um, which is also a really well-known and, and celebrated series. But this is a standalone novella on one of the side characters in that series. So um, the Kotsi is the um, advisor most high to a prince from an imaginary country called the Solo um, in Africa. And she's just his personal assistant, but also his friend. And so there's other stories featuring him finding love, you know, and all that. So the story begins where Lakatsi has a day off. She's on vacation. She hasn't had vacation or a day off in forever. And so she's made a list of things to do in New York City while she's there um, because she's still grieving over some mega heartbreak from a year before. And a year before she was just in town for like a gala with the prince. Um, and she went on a dating app and she met Fabiola Ugh. and Fabiola is a Haitian goddess, um, who fell for, uh, we're just going to call her Kotsi. That's what they call her in the story. Fell for Kotsi really fast. And Kotsi fell for Fabiola really fast as well. And the problem was, was that, they fell so hard so fast knowing that Kotsi had to leave that they were kind of always waiting for it to happen. But when they realized that they were in love, they were prepared to kind of try and find a way to make it work. Um, but then on the night that uh, Kotsi was going to bring Fabiola to a gala to, so she could even tell her what she did for a living, um, Fabiola broke up with her and gave her no reason. She just was like, okay, you know what? Well, you're, you're going to leave. So this is over and uh, that's it. And so Kotsi was just left totally stricken and, you know, her texts weren't being answered and she was just miserable. So here she is a year later with her to-do list of things that she's going to do to get over Fabiola. But she's sitting on the subway and she's waiting for it to move and she, she gets a message airdropped into her, under her phone. And it's from Fabiola who is standing outside of the train. And she's like, Hey, good looking. How's it going? And so Katsi is shook because she's there to get over this woman. Mm -hmm. Um, now Fabiola goes by fab for short because she is fabulous. So when they met, she was like, um, like a jewelry designer and she was like an Instagram model and she looked like Betty Page. I imagined her as like Beyonce in um, the video that she did with Lady Gaga. Oh, telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of how they describe her. It was gorgeous and she wore these like huge stilettos and was just like dropped dead gorgeous. Kotsi is very well put together like butch with like shaved on the side of her head with like long locks down the middle and like just really really well put together really cares about fashion really cares about like her shoes and her suits and things like that so when she sees fabiola outside of the train um she doesn't look like herself she looks normal like she's wearing like jeans and like a coat and a hat like just regular people clothes 
So Fabiola hops on the train and then is like, hey, what are you doing in town? And starts asking her all these questions. And, you know, Katsi's just like, did you forget that you broke up with me for no reason and gave me no reason? And she's like, don't worry about that. Why are you in town? And she's like, well, I'm, I'm, I've got this to-do list. I'm going to go on an adventure today. I have a day off. So then Fabiola kind of takes over the, <laughs> the uh, tour of New York City and then kind of just shows her around and takes her to things where she can um you know relax and then they go see some sights and then they end up on a skating rink and then throughout the story they're um giving us like flashbacks of like how they met originally and one of the things that they did was um you know those lists where it's like if you ask these 30 things on a first date you'll fall in love or whatever so on their first date Kotsi was like Oh, I'm going to ask four questions from this because I want to fall a little bit in love with you. And it was just like super sweet. And uh, so throughout the story, there's kind of like they keep saying, you know, well, we fell a little bit in love. We fell a little bit in love. And it's super sweet. Um, And then at the end, you know, they they realize that like they are really in love and, and they don't want to leave each other. And then Fabiola reveals that what actually happened was that her auntie who um, was in the country and like trying to get um, like um, residency, she ended up going to like an immigration meeting and then she got arrested, even though she'd been there for years and years and years, she got arrested and thrown into a jail in New Jersey. And so Fabiola, like the night of the scala found that out and found out that she had to become the guardian for her niece and so she had to kind of give up her whole dream that night. And so rather than take on more heartache when this woman that she was falling in love with left, she just ended it on the spot. So uh, Katsi's like, oh, I get it. It still sucks, but I get it. And then they realize, you know what? I'm more than a little bit in love with you. And I really want to find a way to make this work. And they're like, let's figure it out. And so they decide they're going to figure it out. And it's beautiful. And then they finally fuck at the end of the story. Um, and that's pretty hot. Um, and then Katsi's like, well, oh, by the way, I work for a prince. And I have some contacts. And I can't promise anything. And I don't want you to think, like, you have to be with me for me to do this for you. I will do this either way. She's like, but I'm going to make some calls with your permission and see if I can help your aunt out. And she does. And then the epilogue is that she got her auntie out of prison in New Jersey. And Fabiola gets to go live in the royal penthouse with Kotsi. And then Kotsi gets to meet the family. And they're like, we love you. And it's beautiful. And I know that was a really kind of shitty description of the book, but it's really short. It was only about 100 pages. and it's. It's just it was just lovely and steamy and Katsi's from Africa and so her character is very well spoken um and uses words like beloved and stuff throughout the story and it's really cute. Meanwhile, Fabiola is like was born in Haiti but like came to America as a, as like a little girl, so she's like very American. Um but it was just Sweet. And everything on Cotty's to-do list was stuff that she had done or wanted to do with 
Fabiola when they were together, but they only dated for like three days. So they fell hard in three days. You all, you all lesbians. That is the, I would say, you know, once ghosted twice shy, (laughs) the story of you all lesbians. Um, It was really good. It's awesome. It's really good. Yeah. Really? Like, I I don't know how a better way to describe it because it was only a hundred pages and I feel like everybody should read it. It, It's on Kindle unlimited. So if you have a subscription to that, you can just pick it up and read it. Um, And I cried a lot reading this book because it was so sincere and because it was so beautiful. And when you find out why she had to like break Coxie's heart, you're like, Oh my God, that's a really good reason. (laughs) You know? And then like the auntie meets her at the end and she's like, Oh, I, I love you. You're part of the family. And I'm like, yes, she is. And then it's like, I hope that she accepts this ring I bought her weeks ago because she was going to propose. And the cover is like, the, okay. I chose this book because of the cover, because the two women who may or may not be lesbians on the cover um, are very attractive. <laughs> And I was like, I could get in that sandwich. That I would be here for that. But uh, it's beautiful. And you know what? It described New York really, really well. I've never been there. Um, but she kind of takes her on this, like, you know, hidden spot tour of the city. And um, it's really lovely. It's It's really lovely. It's very, very well written. And it's easy to, like, imagine along with the characters in the book. Um, and I really liked how they both have their own voice in this story and like you're, you're feeling with them and it was just incredibly well written. So I would definitely read more from Melissa Cole. I hope I get to read more from Melissa Cole. Um, I know we're doing robots soon mm-hmm. um, and she has a book about an AI. So I was like, Oh, maybe, uh-huh. but is that too, too soon? I don't know. Um, so inc- very, very spicy. Um, but they made me wait till the end. So it was tension, tension, tension. I was like, are they even going to fuck? But when I was reading the reviews, they're like, it was really sexy. I was like, well, it must be coming. And I wasn't let down. Nice. So, yeah. Um, In the story, Kotze on her to-do list is to go to this Haitian restaurant that's owned by family of Fabiola's. Kind of like your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of, one of the Haitian dishes that they have there is like this hot dog with a kind of like egg salad on it um and it was on our to-do list to go eat it um so i'm gonna say for spice factor five out of five of these egg salad hot dogs <laughs> um because you could put a little hot sauce on that hell yeah a little it would be good really good i would eat that um and then as for uh sex toys i was gonna say like a really good strap on oh like a really like a really quality one yeah like with leather um, straps and like yeah yeah a good anchor yeah yeah because lakatsi is advisor most high like she's probably very well off um so she could get a really good one um and then because fabiola is so creative and a jewelry artist she could like you know bedazzle it <sighs> love that right yeah just like a little a little bit of each of them in there so um you know I gotta know then. Are you reading us a spicy scene? I'm reading kind of like the end of a spicy scene. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just give me one sec. I gotta move my monitor so I can read this screen. Oh, of course. Are you ready? Oh, I am ready. Okay, it's really beautiful. So if you cry, oh, 
I understand. Okay. Thank you for holding space for me and my feelings. I always will. Okay. (laughs) She stiffened her fingers, still moist from Lakatsi's pleasure and her own tongue, and slicked them into Lakatsi's channel, turning her wrist as she thrust in and out, feeling Lakatsi's inner muscles clamp around her fingers as they swirled. Lakatsi's fingers threaded into Fab's hair, holding her in place, and when a loud, unrestrained moan broke from Lakatsi, when her thighs clamped around Fab's face and her pussy squeezed Fab's fingers, Fab's own body trembled on the precipice of orgasm, just from the touch and taste and scent of this woman she loved, who was finally hers again. Come, beloved, Lakatsi panted. She tugged at Fab's shoulders again, pulling her up until their mouths were level. She kissed Fab, licking into her mouth hard as she notched her thigh against the throbbing knee between Fab's legs. Then there was no leading from above or below, just the sinuous movement of their hips as the ground against one another. Just their arms wrapped tightly around one another, so tight that they both could barely breathe. Just their mouths fused and their tongues tangling, and their cries echoing down into each other's chests when they broke as one and came together as something strong and new. They stared at each other in dazed wonder as they drifted down from their bliss. Lakatsi's legs were trembling. Fab thought her heart might burst. It's only seven, Lakatsi said, glancing at the clock on the bedside table. Do you have to be home anytime soon? Fab almost censored herself, almost stopped the words that were on the tip of her tongue. But this was love at second sight, and she wasn't going to be shy about it. I am home, she said, running her hand over the arm Lakatsi had wrapped around her. That's so beautiful! God damn! Oh my god! I know! My eyes are burning with feelings! I also love this because in my book, when they do reconcile, they also say something similar about, um, like, this is my home, and, like, being with you is home, and I didn't realize it until, like, you know, I let you go, and now I realize, oh, you're just like, yes, yes. We just read beautiful, not toxic, lovely queer stories. Just some by amazing black authors. Oh, the best week so far, Julie. <laughs> it really is. I'm just like, so fuck me up with that gay shit. It's what I want in this world. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to read you also a kind of a sappy part. There's no, there's no spice. Um, but I want to read you the, um, the epilogue. <clears throat> and I'm just going to read you a little piece of it. Okay, so this is the very end. Deshaun has his TV show now and his restaurant in DC. Malik is um, living in the house in Baltimore with, uh, you know, grandma's house that they inherited. So it's coming from uh, Malik's perspective and he's just sort of chatting with him. Uh, So I'm going to read and skip some parts, but he says, so how's the show going? Deshaun curled up on the bed and rolled his eyes. I wanted to be there with him in part because that hotel bed looked like it was bigger than our king. And in part because Deshaun absolutely knew what he was doing with his locks down like that, falling over his shoulder on his bare chest. I was a simple man and I wanted my husband. I love it, honestly, but I can't wait to finish up this stop and come home. We have a lot of work to do. I smiled. Just seeing his face brightened my day, but he was right. We'd finished the cooking competition, coming in second to Paula, but it wouldn't air for a few months yet. That was good, because we needed the time to come to grips with our new normal. We'd lost Grandma just after he finished taping. 
Miss Maxine had found her sleeping peacefully in her bed, holding a picture of the three of us from the renewal ceremony. Whew. And a list of instructions for her funeral, which was so like her that Deshaun had spent more time laughing than crying. Tamala Man at... Tamala? I think it's Tamala Man at the service, Janet Jackson at the burial, and more love that we could imagine surrounding us. She'd love to see you doing so well, I told him. She'd be so proud. I didn't need to say who. We both knew. She would, and she'd probably caution me to make sure my goals don't clash. They don't, baby. That you don't need to worry about. Deshaun nettled, nestled in the bed and closed his eyes briefly before looking at me with a soft smile and nodding. He needed the reinforcement. I was more than happy to provide it. And they talk about the renovations and how they're renovating the, the restaurant and stuff. And then, um, okay, so now he's, he's, they're FaceTiming still. And um, the dogs are, they, when they merged the two dogs together, they did not get along. But now they're getting along. And it's Aww. Bruno and Corey. So they scampered along the hardwood floor, Bruno skidding to a stop and nearly knocking into the table. I caught the laptop just in time. I picked Corey up so he could see Deshaun, and the dog nearly lost himself with joy. He misses you. I miss him back. And my big boy. And you. I can't wait till I'm home. Just another week. Deshaun smiled. Just another week. I love you. I love you more. You try and succeed. If it helps you sleep better at night, I'll allow it. I broke into a loud laugh. As a matter of fact, it does. Good. Deshaun's eyes were starting to droop. I checked the time. It's getting late. Go to sleep, baby. I'll talk to you in the morning. Love you, Malik. Love you too. Good night. We hung up and I shut everything down, secure in my house, now a home, with my husband never far from my thoughts. After everything we'd been through, somehow we'd found our way to the other side and back to each other. I huffed. Would you look at that? Grandma was right. Fantastic. A wonderful, wonderful week of sentimentality and second chances at love and queer and mm, 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 mm. I love it. So it was everything I love this right? week. It was I, I'm leaving feeling good and not filthy. Except I don't feel like I need a shower. I feel like I need a cozy bath. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I just want somebody to come wash my hair. Right? Come brush my hair up. Give me, give me, give me a little butterfly kisses. <laughs> now, we're taking a new theme next week, and I have no idea if it's going to lead down this sappy path or a filthy <laughs> path because we're doing robots, buddy. We're doing robots. We're doing robots, and. When it comes to pow, pow, power wheels, it could go any way. It could go any way. So there's artificial intelligence. There's straight up robots. So we're kind of keeping it open to the robots world. But that's a first for us. This is the first time that we're conquering that theme. So I'm very curious to see which direction it's going in, whether it's going to be sweet or spicy. I have no idea. I I hope I find the best of the worst. Um, frankly, you know, you can buy a robot that will just have sex with you on Amazon. It's just a little machine. You plug it in and a big old wang on it. <laughs> but like, like a, like a sex machine or like a, like a sex doll, like does it look like a person. It, no, no, it's no, no, no. It's like a sex machine. Oh, it's just um, like a dildo that'll drill you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But I, 
that could be a robot. Oh, you're right. You're right. Again, because yeah. we didn't really have the, we didn't really quantify if it needed to be sentient. We didn't quantify that. No. It's a mechanical, something that could fuck or love you, <laughs> but has mechanical components. But not, you know what? Not amputees, because that's, we could, we could read amputee romance on its own that that that's not robotic yeah that, yeah we're not we're not line. going with good call good call so we're gonna make sure we're not doing that but we could be doing a sex machine we could be doing a sex doll we could be doing like a frankenstein fanfic situation could be artificial frankenstein? intelligence frankenstein's not a robot why did i say frankenstein i don't know i don't know but he's uh, not a robot no but like oh yeah he's not Julie, a robot you're right big question is like, Inspector Gadget a robot oh, or an amputee? Oh, he's a robot. Is he? But he's he's bionic. But oh, but, but he's got he's got a shitty brain. Like he's shitty and stupid. But he's he's a man, right? Like he's a real man robot. Oh, that... he doesn't even know how his like go go gadget parts work. You're right. I mean, is being bionic yeah. does that count? Oh, now this is like the chick pee. Is it a chick or a pee situation? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know where I land on this. Listeners reporting it to you. Is Inspector <laughs> Gadget bionic or a robot? Tell us. Tell us on our socials because now we need to solve oh, this man. mystery before the episode airs. But either way, we're exploring new territory together, friends, because that's what this podcast is all about it's all about taking a journey together and we're gonna go sciency next week and i'm pretty excited for it yeah yeah robots robots oh what if we got what if we got a robot shifter <laughs> <laughs> is that just a transformer <laughs> beast wars That's a good call. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna find something. You better so... find some fucking spicy Transformers oh. fan fiction, Renee. I'll be really disappointed if you don't. No, 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 Julie. I'm, I can't bring an Autobot into this <laughs> equation. Optimus Prime, bitch. <laughs> Optimus Prime's dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, robots! You won't want to miss it. Robot. We'll be here next week with robots, guaranteed. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Robots. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> well, that was fun. Do you want to go-go gadget sing us out? <laughs> sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Ravage love. Ravage love. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love.